0: Hello, and welcome to the Crossroads podcast, the show where Mark Meckler and Rita Peters discuss hot-button issues from a biblical perspective, helping to equip other Christians to bring light to a darkened culture. Rita is the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs, and Mark serves as the CEO and co-founder for Convention of States Action. Find out more by visiting conventionofstates.com.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. I'm your host, Rita Peters, with my co-host, Mark Meckler, and today we're going to continue our conversation from last week about the war in Israel, what it's about, what the consequences may be, why we as Christians should be particularly concerned about Israel, and how we can be praying over this conflict. So let's get right back into it.
0: And so you have all these Arabs in Gaza. They've been fomenting this stuff. Who, who are they? This is a really interesting question. What are Palestinians? There's never been a country called Palestine. Uh, The Romans renamed the country to remove the name of Israel from the country. I think that some derivation of Palestine, Palestinians are primarily Jordanian by birth. And so you got to ask yourself, well, why don't they go to Jordan? You know, what's on the Mm -hmm. East bank of the Jordan river, the West banks in Israel, on the East Mm -hmm. bank of the Jordan river is nothing just open territory. And so why don't they live there? Because the Jordanians won't have them because they know these people will foment terror and unrest in Jordan. Right now, Jordan has said, we will not accept any refugees. So you've got Israel is on this, this, Israel Southern border is Egypt. How about the Egyptians? They're Arabs. These people are more culturally similar to Arabs. They won't take any refugees. They've closed their border crossing with Gaza. Because this is something, this problem that the Arab world likes to impose on Israel. They want this festering wound inside of Israel to cause the Israelis problems. It's not humane. There's nothing humane about it. So that kind of gives you a little bit of the geography. You will hear the West Bank mentioned. West Bank is up in northern Israel. It's on the eastern side of Israel. It's As I described it, it's the west bank of the Jordan River. So it's the other side of the river from Jordan. Uh, It's much bigger than Gaza. It's a potentially Mm -hmm. much bigger problem for for Israel. Many more uh, Arabs live there. It is controlled by another terror group up there called Hezbollah, and uh, Mm -hmm. they're an Iranian proxy. So that's a possible trouble spot for Israel, too. If that lights up right now, it would become a two front war. But again, both of those groups, North and South, hate Israel. (laughs) want to destroy israel want to kill every israeli and every jew in the world really so one last thing i want to say about the actual conflict taking place now this started uh, because a bunch of uh, terrorists managed to break through the wall this was well planned well executed probably planned uh, through iranians with hamas as their proxy and over now 1300 israelis dead If you haven't watched the videos of what they did, and these are Hamas videos, right? Of them wearing GoPros as they do what they did, you should. And it will, I promise you, it will damage you to watch them. It will break your heart. It will scar your soul. It's evil. This is true evil on the face of the earth. If you want to see what Satan unleashed looks like on the face of the earth, not if you want to, you should know evil right? We should know evil by what it does. And I've had people tell me, I can't watch. It's too much. It's too graphic. I watched Rita. I've watched hours of these videos. And as the new ones come out, I continue to watch. I don't want to watch. I don't even watch horror movies. I don't like scary movies. I don't like stuff like that. I don't want stuff like that in my head, but this is what one group of human beings are doing to another on this earth today and your position on this should be dictated by reality, and reality is what these videos show. I'm gonna say some graphic stuff, so plug your ears if you can't handle it. I watched a video of them beheading a Thai worker, somebody from Thailand, not even a Jew, beheading him with a hoe, a garden hoe, while he's alive. I saw videos of cribs sprayed with blood where they had shot babies in their sleep, car seats, sprayed with blood. I watched them terrorizing uh, 85, 90-year-old Holocaust survivors, grandmas in their homes, separating parents from children, children from parents, killing parents in front of children, killing children in front of parents. I saw videos of young women raped so brutally that as they were moving around, you could see blood all over the front and back of their pants because they had been so brutally raped. We need to know these things And we need to see these things. And when people say to you, and I've had people say this to me online and otherwise, yes, but you have to understand the context. My answer is, what context? You as a Westerner, under what circumstances would you go out and shoot somebody else's baby in their crib? Under what circumstances would you kill parents in front of children or children in front of parents? And the answer is for any Westerner, anybody with any sense of decency, even people who say they support Hamas, they will tell you under no circumstances. Of course not. I would never. That's barbaric. There is no context on this earth that justifies that kind of barbarism. The only justification for that kind of barbarism is you serve Satan. And so I think people need to see this and understand when people say context, the only context is Satan is roaming the earth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This sounds like it's pure evil. So it's not just that if you're a Christian, you should be concerned because this involves the nation of Israel, which is, you know, the geographical background and center of our faith. It's if you're a person with a conscience you should be concerned about the pure evil unfolding there that's it's just heartbreaking well you know for
0: for us as christians there's a saying that these radical islamists have and they say first we kill the saturday people and then we kill the sunday people i mean they're they're coming for us they don't feel any different about us than than they feel about the jews they and are sure. absolutely coming for all of us. This is their intent. This is holy war for them. This is jihad. Mm-hmm. And they believe in eradicating us. Hamas and and Islamists in general, and they say this openly, this is not Mark making this stuff up. They say, and the leaders of Hamas have said, one of the mistakes that Israel made and that the West makes is, we love death as much as they love life. They are a death-worshipping people, and they believe that, life only begins uh once you once you die and that the best way to die is to die killing people who are not muslims and so when you have a, an entire culture an entire faith built around that idea that means those people want to kill all of us and so we need to we need to understand that there's another piece that is really driving me crazy which is in the media right now and and in our universities here in the united states and all over the world you hear our intellectual elites say well you know we have to protect the innocent people in gaza and that innocent people are being killed and we have to have sympathy for that and israel needs to practice restraint every single drop of blood that is spilled in gaza and there are plenty of innocents in Gaza, I don't, You know, it's very tragic and horrible, it's on the hands of Hamas. Hamas right. builds their entire infrastructure in civilian areas, under hospitals, in schools, in mosques, in apartment buildings filled with civilians because they know that makes it difficult for Israel because the Israelis don't want to harm civilians. And they do everything they can. No other nation on earth in the history of warfare has ever done what Israel does. They phone call. They know every cell phone. They call every cell phone in an area about to be bombed, telling people to evacuate. They drop flyers telling people to evacuate. They drop what are called knock bombs on top of buildings, which shake a building, telling people, get out. We're about to bomb this building. And Hamas demands that people stay. They threaten people and make them to stay. They tell people it's Israeli propaganda to get them to stay. They want their own civilians killed in this conflict. And then they will hold that up. They will produce pictures of children, dead children and dead parents and tragic, horrible scenes. But they're doing it for propaganda. Right now, Mm -hmm. Israel has created open corridors inside Gaza, and they're encouraging everybody move out, move to the north, move away from the areas that we have to cleanse of the Islamist militants. And Hamas is preventing that. So when Israel goes in and I know it breaks your heart and it should and we should pray for those people, but it has to be done or this will never end. And the Israelis will all be under threat, as will the entire Western world.
1: Mark, I want to ask you about Iran, because, you know, I hear that. Iran is behind Hamas and supports Hamas. So it, do we know that Iran is involved and like, should we expect that Iran and Israel will be directly and openly at war because of that?
0: Well, I want to start by saying I hope that they won't be directly and openly at war. And I think we should do everything we can possible to avoid <laughs> that war while still allowing Israel to do what it has to do in Gaza and, and potentially in the north West Bank and in Lebanon. Um, do we know Iran's involved? Yes, because Iran says they're involved. In fact, I saw this morning that Iran has just raised what they call the black flag of jihad over their capital. They literally replaced yeah. their flag with the black flag declaring jihad. Iran has said yeah. that if Israel continues to do what it's doing in Gaza, that they are likely to expand the conflict. Mm-hmm. And so we absolutely know Iran's involved. There were high-level meetings between Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas just prior to this attack. We do know that Iran provides at least $100 million a year in aid to Hamas. Uh, and, And so there's all kinds of exchanges between Hamas and Iran. Iran repeatedly says that it's going to wipe Israel from the face of the earth that's why they're developing nuclear weapons. So do we know Iran's involved? Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. Do we know exactly the extent to which they're involved in this particular attack? We don't. We know that Hamas and Hezbollah, which is the terror group in the north, they don't do anything without Iran's approval. They're essentially Mm -hmm. proxy states or proxy terrorist organizations working at the behest and the full funding of Iran. And important to note, by the way, we... As a government, give money to Iran. This happened massively under the Obama administration. Uh, President Trump stopped it when he was in office. It's been reinitiated under President Biden. Uh, they just freed up six billion dollars in aid. They've they've had high level meetings uh, with Iran. One of Biden's uh, Middle East envoys has just had his security clearance revoked, and there's a massive investigation going on. They believe he was a spy for Iran and was engaged in as a proxy for Iran. So yeah, Iran's involved. We know that they're at the center of terror. There's a lot of geopolitics going on there that are really, that are complicated. You have Shia versus Sunni. These are different strains of Islam. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you've got Iran represents, I believe the Shia and the Sunni is kind of the rest of the Arab world in the Middle East. They're all scared of Iran because Iran wants to Mm -hmm. dominate. It's a very militant strain. So on the surface, they're all, You know, all Muslims, but very different strains of Islam. yeah, all of them hate Jews, by the way, and Christians. So that part mm-hmm. they have in common.
1: Mark, what do you think is the potential for this conflict to escalate beyond just the Middle East? Do you think that's going to happen? I know we all hope that it doesn't, but do you think there's a real potential for that?
0: I think the potential is there, uh, and I but I think right right now, today, and it changes day to day, I think the postures are correct from the West to prevent that. There's a couple of things that have to happen. The U.S. has to stand strong with Israel. Israel must wipe Hamas from the face of the earth. It it has to get rid of it. And there's multiple reasons aside from just the military reason of the threat on their southern border, which is they have to show that they are militarily superior to all of their enemies in the Middle East. That causes stability. We always look at every conflict from a Western perspective we think, well, everybody else is like us and they all want the same things. They, they wanna live peacefully, they want prosperity, they want their children safe. That's not true in the Middle East. We discussed mm-hmm. already Islam and Muslims say that they love death as much as we love peace. And I wanna be clear when I say this stuff, so this is really an important caveat. I know plenty of Muslims who I think are great people. They don't believe that, right? But there mm-hmm. is a, a yeah. large portion of the Muslim world that does believe that and when you have i think it's 1.25 billion muslims in the world and you have a large portion that believes that uh, i would say call it at least 60 percent of the muslim world that's a lot of people who believe that so they have a different worldview than we have sometimes it's hard right. for us to relate to that that people would make their children into human shields we would never do that we throw our bodies over our children it's the opposite world view so it is important that israel wipe hamas from the face of the earth and to restore order on their Southern border, that will create stability. If Israel looks weak, if the West looks weak, that emboldens radical Islam in the world, Mm. that emboldens Iran and other nations that might join them in fighting against Israel and more broadly speaking against the West. Important to note that Iran refers to Israel as little Satan and refers to the US as big Satan. So they hate us and they see us as the root of all evil in the world. And so this is really important. In order to have stability, Hamas is going to have to go. There's going to have to be total victory for Israel. And that counts on the U.S. standing strong. The U.S. has now sent two carrier strike groups into the Mediterranean. And essentially in Joe Biden, I'm going to give him full credit here so far. He said to Iran, if you're thinking about so- some doing something, don't even think about it. And what he's trying to do is prevent the dominoes from falling that lead to wider conflict. Okay. Russia uh, and Iran are close. Russia likes anything that destabilizes the United States. China seems to so far have stayed out of it, but they like things that destabilize the United States. Uh, So the possibility for broader conflict, I think we're right there on the edge. Uh, Right now, I think the West is doing the things that are needed to prevent the broader conflict. And the biggest thing that we individually can do, aside from prayer, and imploring God to wipe Israel's enemies from the face of the map, the biggest thing that we can do is to support Israel generally, to say, we want Israel to have a free hand to do what they need to do. I don't want American boots on the ground. I don't think we should do that. I think providing aid and comfort and supplies to the Israelis is very important at this time in history. And we, as the American public, are gonna have to support that because our elitist betters in the institutions, in colleges, in government, they are moral relativists and they don't see the existential threat.
1: Yeah. I want to talk for a minute about how U.S. politics at this moment is affecting this whole situation. So we know the U.S. House of Representatives currently has no speaker. That's a problem, right? And the U.S. has not had a Senate-confirmed ambassador to Israel since July. So how does all of this current dysfunction in Congress affect America's ability to assist Israel?
0: Yeah, I think it affects us in a very practical way, which is we are focused on, I'm going to argue on things that don't really matter in the scheme of things. Uh, You know, we're having this fight in the House of Representatives. And to be clear, I was never a McCarthy fan. I love Jim Jordan. I mean, I think he'd be a better speaker than McCarthy, though I'm not sure he can get much more done with such a tiny minority. But meanwhile, you have all these members of the House of Representatives that should be focused on a potential worldwide conflagration, and they're infighting. I mean, I feel like watching them, it's like watching a bunch of sixth graders fight. It's unbelievable to me what they're doing. It's an embarrassment, in my opinion. And I know, look, I know, Rita, there are people on the right who disagree with me. They love what Matt Gates did, uh, you know, in, in dethroning uh, McCarthy and the quote unquote rhinos. And I'm, I'm not opposed to that in principle. I'm way more right wing than, than most people in Congress and, and most commentators. But I always want to know, OK, what's your plan? Like you're going to destabilize mm-hmm. the entire House of Representatives. What are we going to get in its place? I haven't heard the plan. From anybody. So yeah. that frustrates me. It seems like a lot of wasted energy at a very important time in international affairs. As far as the Biden administration, I think that generally speaking, they're doing a good job right now. But in regard to the Middle East, they've been an abomination. Mm-hmm. I have my criticisms of President Trump, but we got to say during President Trump's time in office, the world was at peace. Ukraine mm-hmm. was at peace. Uh, We have the biggest war in Europe we've seen since World War II right now. This happened on Biden's watch. I don't think that's a coincidence. We have the biggest conflagration in, in the Middle East literally in 50 years. I don't think that's a coincidence. That's under the Biden administration. We have threats against Taiwan, overwhelming. We've had repression in Hong Kong. I don't think that's a coincidence. The Biden administration is the single most inept foreign policy administration since the Carter administration, in my opinion, which had very similar kinds of policies. Uh, And even under the Carter administration, we had the Camp David Accords, which brought peace between Egypt and Israel. So I think the Biden administration is, in regard to foreign policy, especially nefarious. I think they are populated by people who have a different worldview than most Americans. They're trying to raise Iran's profile. They believe somehow by trying to make an ally out of Iran that they're going to have some kind of better situation for the US. It's provably false. Uh, I think that the Biden administration's potential ambassador has been held up, I think primarily because of anti-Israel sentiment. I mean, mm. What what we want <laughs> in our government is when we put an ambassador in place in an ally, we want an allied ambassador. And I think right. that's what we need in Israel. We certainly had that under President Trump. President Trump was the greatest ally Israel has ever had from in the United States of America. Moved the embassy to Jerusalem, our embassy to jerusalem which is actually the capital of israel so i think we just we live in a time where our country is very confused about israel though i think this incident if anything good can come out of this incident it's i think we're getting some moral clarity on the middle east
1: i know i am certainly learning a lot mark i want to ask you i don't usually like to ask people to prognosticate and i don't like to do it myself when people ask me to but I want to ask you, just for our education, what do you, what do you see as the most likely potential outcomes of the war? You know, if you think you know what what it's going to be, you can tell me. Or if you see a couple of possibilities, what do you think is going to end up happening with this?
0: Yeah, I'd start by saying anybody who thinks they know what's going to happen is crazy because <laughs> there's just there's yeah. too many variables. I mean, first of all, we don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. Only God knows that. Yeah. So it's important yeah. to have that appropriate level of humility. I listen to all the talking heads, and they think they know. They don't know. They didn't know this war was coming. I right? know people didn't predict this war. So, but there are there are potential a, a bunch of potential scenarios. I think the best potential scenario, and it is potential, and it, it is unfolding this way right now, is that Israel eradicates Hamas from mm. the Gaza Strip. I think that's the only possible good outcome here and i think it is very possible at this time as long as the u.s holds firm and the world holds firm against the atrocities that's why i tell people go look at the atrocities it's up to us to say this has to be done the world our opinion matters Israel's going to do what they got to do but our opinion really matters and makes it easier for them so one is israel goes in uh, ultimately i don't know when they're going to go in nobody knows uh, they have to watch their northern flank and and that's lebanon and that's where hezbollah is so strong. To give you an idea of the, the risk on the northern border, Hezbollah is estimated to have somewhere between 170 and 200,000 rockets pointed at Israel. Roughly 7,000 rockets have been sent into Israel from Hamas. So you get the relative wow. scale is incredible. Iran funds Hezbollah to the tune of at least $700 million a year, where Hamas gets about hundred million from Iran. So again, it gives you the, the scale. So Israel has to be very wary of what's happening on its Northern border right now. And uh, and that potentially uh, could draw us into the conflict. In other words, if Hezbollah strikes strongly from the Northern border against Israel, uh, it's possible that the US gets drawn in at that point. We have two carrier strike groups. Each carrier strike group there uh, contains an air force larger than in every Muslim country in the region probably combined. So we have serious mm-hmm. firepower there. We can shoot from the ships. Mm-hmm. We can strike from the air. That's what I worry about is does Israel come under such serious threat that the United States has to get involved? I can tell you Israel would rather the United States not get involved. Mm-hmm. They, it is beneficial to them to fight this war on their own and win. That sets a yeah. strong signal to their enemies that we are way more powerful than you are and you need to stand down. Israel gets yeah. peace through strength this is a truism in the world, but particularly in the Middle East. So one scenario, Israel goes in, does what it has to do in Gaza, how Gaza ends up in the end, I think I don't have a prediction for it. I don't think it's going to be part of greater Israel is there's two to 3 million Palestinians there. I think the number is 2.3 million. Israel does not want to govern that territory. It gave it back to the Palestinians in 2006. Maybe, Who knows, maybe Egypt ends up governing that, but they say they don't really want to. Maybe some kind of a government is installed that's not radically Islamist terrorist. That's a place to me that I just, I don't have a good solution for. So the question is contain and contain to uh, just Gaza in the South, the war breaks out in the North, which is Hezbollah and the West Bank. And then just contain that. And maybe with US firepower involved, Or it breaks out into a broader proxy war and you start to see all the other Muslim countries get engaged. And then the potential for World War III is very strong.
1: Yeah, so I'm wondering if it starts to look like Israel is going to succeed in just wiping Hamas from the face of the map. Does that escalate Iran's engagement in the conflict? And do you see this becoming a nuclear war?
0: It probably de-escalates Iran's involvement. If Iran sees that the world is going to support Israel doing everything it has to do, I think that puts the appropriate level of fear into Iran that the world will let Israel deal with Iran.
1: by the way, Israel's Mm -hmm.
0: never admitted that they have nuclear weapons. They've never denied it. They're not part of any nuclear non-proliferation treaty. They just don't comment on nuclear weapons. I think everybody in the world knows nuclear. they have a nuclear arsenal in Israel, Mm -hmm. and they will not allow uh, Jewish genocide to take place. It just won't happen. And so they already saw this. The reason Israel exists is because of what happened in world war II and the Nazis, they're not gonna let it happen again. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I think the potential is always there for, for nuclear engagement. I think that's down the road, but I do think that danger exists and I'm worried about it, but I think the best chance to push back on Iran is to, if the world stands strong and lets Israel wipe out Hamas. Yeah. It's a containment strategy. Right now, this is a very localized conflict. I mean, literally, remember, Gaza is the size of it's a city. It's not, it's yeah. not even a nation state. It's so small, right? Two point three million people. It's a jam-packed tiny city. I think there's a hundred and six people per acre on average in Gaza. It's just a it's
1: wow. like Manhattan
0: or something like that in its density. Mm-hmm. So so, but that's it. The whole conflict is right there and they're trying to spread it into Israel. So right now it's a very tiny geographic conflict. And if we can contain it to that area, that's the healthiest thing for the whole world, in my opinion.
1: Well, Mark, we are almost out of time, but maybe this last question is the most important of all. How should we be praying about all of this?
0: Yeah, This is, uh, I think, unusual for American Christians. American Christians are... What I would describe, I do not mean this in an insulting way, I'll I'll say what I mean by it. We tend to be soft Christians, and we tend to be New Testament Christians. And that's important because Jesus Christ speaks to us through the New Testament, but we have to remember Jesus Christ is the God of all, Alpha and Omega. When we talk about Jesus Christ, we're talking about our Lord and Savior and our God, we're talking about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit the one God that speaks to us through the Hebrew Bible as well. And if we look to the Hebrew Bible and how God interacted with the Jewish people in their trials and tribulations during ancient times, God stepped in and he attacked Israel's enemies with ferocity and he wiped them from the map. And it is unusual and perhaps uncomfortable for us as Christians to pray in that way. But if, if you read the psalmist and you read his laments and his calls to God to crush his enemies and crush Israel's enemies, that's how I'm praying right now. I, of course, mm-hmm. am praying as what I would describe a softer Christian. And I don't mean that in an offensive way. I'm praying for the victims on both sides, for the children, yeah. for the innocents, uh, not only being injured and wounded, but for those whose psyches are being damaged by being under threat or what they're witnessing, I pray for healing and love and redemption for all involved. Of course, that's the, the softer version of us and our faith. But I'm also praying Old Testament prayer for the Lord mm-hmm. and his mighty hand to smite Israel's enemies, to crush them, to destroy them. Those are the enemies not just of Israel, but they are the enemies of all of us who believe in the one true God uh, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Those are, those are the enemies of Western civilization. First, they come to kill the Saturday people, and then they come to kill the Sunday people. So I think we should pray boldly for all the things we normally pray for, for peace and love and understanding and, and for all, all the healing that needs to happen. But I think we also need to pray boldly that God steps in and crushes the enemies of the Jewish state.
1: And I just wanna add to that and just urge our audience to resist the temptation to tune out because this is happening far away. And let's be faithful in prayer. For this situation, Mark, thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us, and also just for educating me <laughs> and hopefully some of our audience too about this whole just really tragic situation in Israel. Thanks for being with us today.
0: Yeah, and I would recommend folks if you if you want to know more uh, and you really want a realistic perspective on this, I would listen to Ben Shapiro and okay. go to Daily Wire subscribe we don't get paid for saying that shapiro has been the best on this if anybody i've heard he's been bold uh from day one if you listen to him the day after the attacks by the way he left israel just a couple hours before these attacks took place his whole family was there his production staff was there he'd been there for the high holidays listen to ben if you listen to the first day afterwards and and you're willing to do it he'll show you the videos and Mm -hmm. he'll say i don't want you to have to see this but you have to see this and what he's been doing every day since, I think he's presenting a great picture of it. Watch Dennis Prager's uh, explainer video, five minutes on how I explained the Middle East. I got that from Dennis. Uh, and then just stay up with that. You can read the Jerusalem Post daily. I think they're doing a fair job of, of covering what's going on over there from a lot of different perspectives. And it is coming here. Don't think it's far away. There are people here, a lot of people. We've accepted 2.3 million refugees from radical Islamist countries since uh, 9-11. So that's here. Our southern border's open. We know terrorists are coming across. Be vigilant. Do not be afraid, but be vigilant and prayerful as Christians.
1: Mark, thank you. That's gonna wrap it up for today. I want to thank our generous sponsors at Blue Ridge Chimney Services, Blessings Christian Bookstore, Sunshine Ministries with Christian Radio, Wishing Well Florists and Travel Services, and our friends at New Beginnings Church and Garber's Church of the Brethren in Harrisonburg. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the program and for your financial support. If you'd like to make a donation to help keep Crossroads on the air, you can do so by check to Crossroads at P.O. Box 881, Harrisonburg, Virginia, 22803. I'm Rita Peters with Mark Meckler, inviting you to join us again next week. for.
0: Thank you for listening to the Crossroads podcast. To learn more about Convention of States, go to conventionofstates.com.